Hey everyone, this is Will, and we've got a little bit different kind of episode for you today. This is an interview, actually, that Sarah did with one of her coworkers, Tim Webker. He actually runs his own podcast called Seemingly Ordinary, where he interviews people that he knows and kind of gets their story and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a great podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and that, once again, is called Seemingly Ordinary. So yeah, Sarah was a guest on this, and she talked about her a production of Adam's Family that she directed in the fall of 2021. So it's a great interview, and um, well, it's going to play here in a few minutes, in a few seconds, right after I'm done talking and talking your ear off. And then uh, we'll be back with uh, another regular episode next week. We are going to do a little retrospective on a play called "It's Only a Play," and Sam Smeltzer is going to be our guest. So we're really excited about that. But for now, enjoy this interview with uh, Sarah and Tim. Sarah Smeltzer Wright is the theater director at St. James Academy in Lenexa, Kansas. From November 17th to the 20th, her first play for St. James debuted. Today, we're going to discuss the play and maybe some larger questions involving theater. Love hey, it. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Tim. Let's well, get let's do this. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so we're recording this on the 29th. How do you feel? I feel amazing. I feel like this is kind of the perfect time to do it because uh, I feel like I needed to kind of get over the experience to really, like, talk about it. Does that sound kind of crazy? Like... We had closed, I mean, the 20th, but then we still had strike the 21st, and it's just, like, so exhausting. I don't know if you know this, listeners, but at St. James, we have no stage, so we kind of have to build the stage and the set ourselves, and so taking down the set was, like, no problem, did that Saturday night, but taking down the stage took, like, eight hours on Sunday, and it was just so exhausting, and I was just, like not a full person even last week and I feel like it took me all of Thanksgiving break to recover kind of but I feel great now okay okay so and when we say stage I mean physically it's huge it's about yeah. the size of like what two or three classrooms yeah like yeah yeah at least I mean it takes up I'm trying to think uh it's like five eight foot platforms so let's do some math five, it's eight <laughs> platforms like eight by eight yeah uh, no so they're eight by four but okay. the length of them is eight feet um maybe and 160 then, square feet yeah 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 like that. something like that and then it's up on stilts basically right and you have to build the whole thing yourself yes and you have to like screw it in all together and then like take it apart and it's just like so hard to even find where the screws are because it's really dark underneath the stage so you're holding up this lantern <laughs> I mean, you have so many problems here. Here's the thing. Like, I, I think people go into various professions and they don't really realize some of the extra stuff that comes with. Yeah. Like, I think people go into theater because they think, I get to act on stage. I get to dance. Right. I get to sing. I get to be a star. Later, right. when I get to be a director, well, then I get to help other people act, sing, and be a star. You really don't think, hey, I get to build a gigantic platform uh, maybe I get to manage tickets. Oh, I have oh to do gosh. business end of things. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the promotion. You mean people don't just show up? We actually have to promote right. it. Right. There's just like so many different angles on this whole thing completely. Especially in educational theater, that's like huge. Where like in the professional world, it's a little more like you do this, this, you know, like it's a little more kind of in your box. Like the director doesn't have anything to do with this set, but like in educational. Hey. <laughs> in educational theater, it's like um, you kind of have you have your hand in everything. Where I was like director, choreographer, but then also like building the stage, and then also 
producing it. And like, it was just became like my full life because it takes up so much time and you kind of take for granted, you know, those roles that I typically haven't done before. Like, right. it's like, oh yeah, you got to build a stage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, do we have enough lumber? Huh? Do I even know how to build a stage? Right. And like literally, thank goodness I have an amazing technical director, Alexa. So she could handle a lot of the tech stuff as far as like lights and sound and like costumes, hair and makeup and like leading all of those kids because and even like set decor like she was amazing brought stuff from her home but like if I didn't have her I would have to be managing that too right. and like that I don't even know how one would do that it's I, I crazy don't I don't either well I want to ask a few more questions about that but I also feel like gosh we should just back up and say hey what was the play and how many people are in it <laughs> what's yes. it all about and it's, I mean I saw it and it's the Adams family right. but I'd, I'd like for you to just kind of go into detail yeah about just I guess the scope of the whole play sure so uh my first experience of watching the Adams family musical was last fall my younger brother was in it uh with first act and um, I thought it was pretty funny and like I had a good time and I was like, wow, this could be kind of like a spooky, fun option. And so we were deciding shows in May and I was like, you know what, I would really like to, because I love comedy and especially with like musicals, I think, you know, because it was just so fun. I read the script again and I found myself like laughing out loud and I was like, that's how you know it's a good script. If you're alone reading it and you laugh out loud, right. like that just kind of speaks for right. itself. You're in a coffee shop, you're reading it, people are looking at right. you like, hey, you're nuts. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I want to produce it. Um, so that I presented it to St. James and they're like, great, uh, let's do it. And so we had auditions and we had about I think there was, we ended up with 30 kids in our cast by the end. 30 kids in mm -hmm. the cast. But then you have the yeah. band that Right. We had, yeah. So actually, in total, we had more like 64 kids involved you between band kids. and tech and the cast. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it was like a beast. And like, thank goodness for like, you know, Alexa leading the tech kids, but then also like Helen Harrelson leading uh, our band, band students because... Like, uh, we didn't meet up with them till, like, tech week, you know? So I was just kind of like, well, I hope they know it, and I'm just going to trust that they do and not worry about it. And I didn't have to because they're amazing. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I just want to give you big props because I saw it, I believe, on Thursday night, which I think was maybe the second oh, night, gosh. depending yeah. on how you, you slice the apple, so to mm -hmm. speak, because you do some, some sort of a dress rehearsal that's not really a dress rehearsal on Wednesday. That's exactly right. You know, a lot of people can come and all that, and, yeah. you know, you sort of have to get out of the jail free card that, hey, I know that there's a lot of people here in the audience, but it's not really it's a still show. still a dress rehearsal. <laughs> you know, it's like a rough after, so, so yeah. you kind of have that, but but uh, the music was just great, and they, oh, the yeah. kids had powerful voices, and they had catchy voices that were just a joy to listen to. Yeah. Uh, there just wasn't a weak voice in the whole lot, right. and uh, a lot of the lines in the play, of course, were very funny and delivered very, very well by everybody. Uh, and, you know, the dance steps, everybody seemed like they did a very good job. I, I kind of have an untrained eye as far as that goes. But <laughs> well, that's comforting because I, I, on that night was when I was freaking out because our lights didn't work. And so we had to spotlight okay. the whole show. So then I'm just in the back being like, oh, gosh, and trying to, like, help call it and make sure everyone's seen. So I feel like I didn't even watch that night <laughs> because I was just worried about the lighting situation. Okay. That okay. was chaotic. So I'm glad that and you thought it was good. hundreds <laughs> of people in the audience. So yeah. does that weigh on you when there's this technical glitch? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, because I especially felt it with this one, especially because it's, like, it's my first 
kind of directorial debut at yeah. St. James Academy, yeah. right? So I felt like there was even an added pressure, like, okay, mm -hmm. what can not to like make it about me, but kind of was like, what is Sarah going to do? Because well, she's the one yes. leading this helm. So like, is this going to be a good show? Or is it going to be like, ooh, train wreck, you know, and kind of determine, not like my job, but kind of, you know, like that's how I felt. And so when the lights weren't working, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, kind of like the fate of your existence depends on Right. This. You know, like if this play is no good, nobody will see any of my other plays and mm -hmm. I'll lose my job and I will be homeless and I will live under I-35. Exactly. With a raccoon chewing on my leg. I saw my whole life flash before my eyes as the lights it's were not over. working. You're finished in this Oh, time. my gosh. And we had to hold the house, like, for 20 minutes, and that's, like, my greatest fear. And I was just like, this is just the worst kind of opening night. But, okay. yeah, so it, it eventually worked out. And the audience was, like, so gracious. I mean, of all the audiences I've ever, like – had to uh, put on a show in front of, like, I could not imagine a better one to be more understanding about the circumstances of the yeah, show. Yeah, but you know, 20 minutes is not that bad. Gosh, you go to the movies and they say the movie starts at 7 and then they do 25 minutes of previews. That's true. You know. That's and very I, true. And I just figure, hey, I just talk to the person next to me and we just have a nice little conversation. Yeah. And it's only 20 minutes. It's really not that big of a deal. Everyone was very kind because even like all my students were there, it seemed like that night and they were like very into it still. And I was like, my drama students who don't always love theater as much as I do. So, <laughs> so yeah. I was glad. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you've directed plays before though. Yeah. So uh, this is kind of actually my, well, it's my first time working with a live orchestra. So that was kind of like, I was a little scared about that. Okay. And then um, it was my first like high school musical directing alone. So I have directed musicals for high schoolers like with Will before okay, and we won. Husband. Yeah, yeah. Um so we directed them up in Omaha. Um and our musical actually won best musical in Omaha what? in the year 2018. Which, which musical <laughs> was that? It was Anything Goes. Wow. So yeah, it was pretty cool. We were like very proud of ourselves. But um so I directed with him for that which did very well. And then I've done quite a few plays, but I've always directed with someone else. Um, so it was kind of my first time directing alone. Um, and that was like a lot. And I think especially taking on like how many roles I had to, it no, was like yeah. an additional well, <laughs> like stress. roles, set builder, mm -hmm. and then just coordinator with everything else going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like kind of ate up. By those last, like, two or three weeks, it was, like, my whole life. I would wake up and go to bed and put in, like, 17-hour days here. And I was like, oh, my oh, gosh, wow. what am I doing? But, okay, well, yeah. hey, let's talk about the kids a little bit in the play. I mean, I yeah. guess, yeah, let's talk about the plot and the characters and the actors. Love. And just take it in any order you want to take it. Perfect. So the Adam Sandley musical, it's based off the characters in the Adam Sandley, obviously, but... The plot is um, a little bit different than you probably would have seen if you've seen any of the movies or the TV shows. Uh, Wednesday has fallen in love with the boy, Lucas, and she wants to marry him. And uh, she tells her dad about it and invites her fam his family over to dinner and wants her family to act normal and wants her dad to keep it a secret from her mom. So uh, Gomez has a really hard time doing this and, you know, chaos ensues because they're a very normal family coming into this spooky, creepy home and um, kind of the fallout of that is what it's all about. Um, 
the characters are like really fun, I think, for the actors, especially like for high schoolers, because it really gets them like out of their shell and they can be, you know, when you're playing someone so different from yourself, it's like easier to kind of jump into and like become them, I think. Um, so especially like our Adams Family actors, I think had a really fun time uh, doing that because they're not like them at all. And it was just like fun exploring that and what's too far, what's not far enough, um, all of that. So we had plenty of discussions about that. And I think it really pushed them beyond what they thought they were capable of, which is really awesome. Um, our actors ranged like we had in our in our Adams family, we had every grade level, kind of, which is pretty cool. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So freshman all the way up to senior. Mm-hmm. So, like, Pugsley, the younger brother, was a freshman. And then Lakin, who played Wednesday, was a sophomore. Um, and then junior, seniors, I guess Fester was a junior. And then Gomez and Morticia were seniors. So it was just kind of cool, like, um, bonding experience, I think, for them and helping them show, like, what St. James Theater is all about. And I got to learn about that too because I'm coming in new. Um, and then our ancestors were really awesome and they like helped tell the story. Uh, and we found like unique, unique ways to do that, which was like really fun during the rehearsal process. And they had kind of a say in who their characters were. Like I kind of was like, who do you want to dress up as? And that's your character. And I want you to like go with it and know your character's name and like what's their journey and how are they in Adams. Um, so that was really fun. And then the Beinekees, uh, they're just really, they were great. Uh, Elizabeth and Jason and Brayden, they're just like this sweet little Midwestern nerdy family, <laughs> I felt, and just coming in. And uh, they were just really awesome to work with. And they were like always ready to let chaos be thrown at them. <laughs> yeah, they just, uh, I guess, uh, just shown and just enjoyed it thoroughly, yeah. I think. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. So, do you pick people on the basis of singing ability, acting ability, or does it have to be both? Or is there some other factor? Yeah. Biggest donor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Um, it's, and coming in, like, with fresh eyes was kind of helpful because it was like, okay, I don't know any of these kids. Oh, okay. I so don't, no stereotyping. No, or, I uh, what's What's that called? Typecasting. Right, right, okay. right, right. I had no thought about who would play... And we didn't even have callbacks, which is kind of interesting because really everyone kept saying, oh, it's perfectly cast. And I was like, well, we, you know, we kind of just got lucky, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it's like based off their whole audition. Okay. I- I'm more, if there is an actor who can sing well but can't act, but then I have an actor who can sing pretty well but can act, I will choose the one that sings pretty well and can act because okay. I'm going to believe them through the whole show rather than just when they're singing, you know? Right. Right. So that's kind of more of what I was looking for. I was looking for more of actors um, rather than really talented singers. Right. Right. Why do you think that is? Is there a Um, reason behind that? I think Jason uh, Cole, our music director, he's amazing. And he... uh, He's great about, like, after the audition, I'd be like, can they pull this off? And he's like, yeah, we'll just have to work with them a little bit, you know? And so that was truly uh, what it was. And a lot of our students have, like, vocal coaches, which is helpful because we also found that they were, like, working on it with their vocal coach as well, in addition to working with Jason and, like, in rehearsals. So 
it really was just like a ton of hard work put into those songs where it really strengthened it because like obviously the more you sing a song the more your voice gets accustomed to it and the more you're like able to sing it mm. to the best of your ability um so I think it was a little bit of everything but yeah the auditions were great uh going in blind because then it was just like yep in my gut I believe that that is my Gomez that is my uh Wednesday and I kind of just hoped it would work out do you, do you wish you could do that every time? Like, just, I don't know, wipe your memory clean. Yeah. That next year or next play, when you recast things, right. just walk in as an amnesiac. You right. Know, clean slate. Exactly. I'm like, I'm kind of scared because I've never had to, like, cast shows, like, really consecutively, like, with the same group of students. Mm. Um, yeah, like, in... So I directed a few shows at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, and like both of my shows were so different. I worked with some similar people, but it was like very obvious on who should play like what characters. Okay. Um, so I'm just hoping for, for like the winter play or the musical next year um, that it's just like yeah they should be this character because X Y and Z. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I think it'll be good, too, because I've always wanted to have, like, my own, like, theater company, like, working with the same people in different roles. Over and over and over yes, again. exactly, exactly. So I think it'll be good, but I think it'll definitely have some challenges because it is, like, educational theater. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, when you mention people working with the same people over and over again, I'm a Clint Eastwood junkie. <laughs> and there was a period from like roughly 1976 to about 1983 or so where he, you would see the same people, like the same seven yeah. or eight people, but cast into different roles, you know? Right. So like the guy who's uh, taking them across the water in the Outlaw Josie Wales is also a guy in the uh, the motorcycle gang of incompetence and every which way but loose. That's um, amazing. And then he's in something else in some other thing. You it's know. like, yeah, well, you still see that today in Hollywood. You see, like, Leo working with Brad Pitt, working with, uh, like, Margot Robbie in, like, multiple different movies. Okay. And then you have, so you have, like, that team. And then you have, like, Jennifer Lawrence working with Bradley Cooper, working with, you okay. know, and, like, and see that team. So you still kind of see that. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Brat Pack back in the 1980s. Right. <laughs> Brat Pack back in the 1960s. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like fun to do. Right. And everybody can play kind of a different part. Right. You know? Well, and, like and you, you find the loser in one, you play the winner in the next one. That yeah, and you get to play a realm of different roles with people you trust. It's like it's so important because it is such a, like a vulnerable art form. It's like yes. once you have found like that group of people that you can like make great art with, why would you stop? Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Why right. Until somebody's forced to drop out because of right. I don't know family circumstances or just something happens mm -hmm. and hey, we had a great run for seven years, but I have to move on. That right. type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now with high school kids, I'm very curious because I was in a few plays myself, but it was one mm. A school, and uh, a guy with a great voice was a guy who could sing on key. So <laughs> I always get a nice part, you know, just yeah. from the standpoint that I, I don't have a great voice. Well, also being I, a man in theater is you could get a great part yeah, in education. Well, especially <laughs> in a small town. Yeah. Know? So I'm in the small town, and uh, so yeah, you could always get a part. And uh, you could always get a singing part if mm -hmm. you wanted one, even with my completely average voice. But the thing is, I'm always on key. How does it work in a larger school in a metropolitan area? Um, you, you must have to have more talent. Yeah, I think uh, 
And it's so hard because, like, making the tough decisions, because all these kids, like, Mm. do have talent. Yeah. And so then, really, it's about small factors that set apart, like, oh, they're going to work because they work well when you look at this family. It doesn't mean, like, if we don't cast you or as that role... That doesn't mean, like, you're less talented. You're just, like, I have to look at, like, the bigger puzzle and how are all these people going to fit together. And if, like, this person is really talented but it doesn't fit into the puzzle, that doesn't discount their talent. Right. And so that's more of what it is. too tall or too short or too something or not enough of something else. Right. Yeah. Really, the talent is equal. Yes. But it might be, like, a physical thing or it might be something else. Well, especially with, like, comedy, too, where uh, it has to have, like, a certain rhythm and a certain, like, sound to it and, like, on the jokes and on, like, all of that um, and how they interact with each other. So it's really thinking about all of that when you're looking at someone who's auditioning. (laughs) It's just so hard. (laughs) Well, I very much also want to ask about work ethic then because Mm -hmm. in a small town in theater – um, the big struggle was for people to learn their lines. And you would think that that would not be an issue, that, hey, that's kind of like job one. That's kind of like the cement floor right. on the building. And you can't really do anything else until people learn oh, their yeah. lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of wondering about work ethic and things like that among your crowd. Yeah, so I think our one who had the hardest was uh, Gomez. And that was just because of the amount of songs that he would have. He actually had his lines down like fast. He was great with that. But as far as lyrics, because all of his songs sounded the same and all of that, we had, I was just like, I don't even know how to help you. Because I'm like, I don't even know these song titles (laughs) apart from each other. Because they they all come right after each other. They're all like very similar sounding and like, but very clever lyrics. Um, So that was kind of our hardest one we had to combat. But as a director, I like to set an early, uh, early in the rehearsal process, like uh, off book day, which means like the actors have to be off book on that day. So we actually had that set for like beginning of October um, because I wanted them at least have like a month and a half of like knowing their lines and just playing in the rehearsal space before we got on the stage, you okay. know, and so they did not take their position for granted. No. Yeah. Because I mean, everyone, you know, everyone has understudies. You could still call line, you know, um, for a period of time, but then you have to set a different date of like, okay, you can't call line anymore. So how are you going to get yourself out of this situation if okay. you forget? And so they have to kind of practice that as well. And then eventually that helps them memorize their lines because okay. they what are like, get yourself out of it because um, you don't know your line right you're supposed to stick to the script are you saying <laughs> well, you should just improvise well, that's what they do they do yeah yeah play better <laughs> no <laughs> rarely um it doesn't make the play better but it's like the show must go on if you will so if someone forgets it we can't just stop until someone whispers their line to them, right? So it's like, you are this character. What would you probably say in this situation? Mm. And you'll find your way back to the script, usually. Do you ask the director, do you have to be both the good cop and the bad cop and then pull people aside afterward and say, um, hey, you know, Rufus, you know, you really need to memorize your lines. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would give, I would have to give that notes and I usually find like... (laughs) jokingly public shaming (laughs) is the best way. Okay, let's play act that. Okay. Okay, so Sarah, I'm Rufus.
this year, and I've got the second biggest part in the play, and mm -hmm. I forgot my lines. Okay, so what do you say to me? Um, Rufus, you're really leaving like your scene partner like in a lurch because they're depending on you. So if you don't know your line, then they won't know how to keep on track and you're really putting them in a bad position. So I suggest that you look at your script tonight and that tomorrow you arrive in a little more um, zip, zap, zap, you know, in your scene. <laughs> That's Do it. I hang my head in shame because I have a lot of empathy and then I go home and learn my line and I feel bad for my partner or... Do I go, meh, I can improvise. Mm, in that case, I never had a student that was, like, that obstinate, you know? And usually I'll give that note in front of, like, all of the other students. people that they, yes. they blush seven shades of fuchsia. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's more of, like, putting that pressure on. And everyone's replaceable in theater. If I got met back with that, I'd be like, okay, they don't care enough to be here yes. and about their part and about their scene partners or their cast, so they don't need to be in okay. this cast, you okay. know? Everybody's replaceable. In yeah, theater. yeah. Um, what about Meryl Streep or Clark <laughs> Gable? Are they replaceable in theater? Well, the reason they last so long, I think, is because they have good decorum. <laughs> okay. Do you think that's um, it? Because, well, then what's the stereotype that you see of, I don't know, actors being prima donnas and self-centered I well, don't think they the last... Is this just a fun stereotype that people like to turn into plays and movies so that the rest of us can enjoy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely believe uh, it used to be more like that because okay. they would have, like, those studios of actors who they train and be, like, their whole life is that. Um, and so then you had the actors and then you had, like, the studios. And so they were all kind of connected. But now it's like everyone wants to be an actor. Okay. Right? And so then if you don't have a good personality, people want to work with you mm. and talent, then if you just have talent, you're kind of screwed. You don't really make it that far because okay. you need the other things. Okay. Um, because so, so most, everyone's most people are well-behaved is kind of what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Oh, it was like, and that was like a huge lesson in grad school that we kind of were like, if anytime someone would kind of lose their temper in class or, you know, because it's it just like emotions rise in the theater yeah. or film yeah, of course. world. I mean, it's a highly, like you said, vulnerable. Right. I, I had an uncle who coached some sports, but then he directed some plays and he said, this really kind of shocked me because people always talk about how you bond on an athletic team and how these mm -hmm. people become your brothers or they become your sisters. Yeah. Uh, he said the level of closeness in the theater was just 10 times higher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it, maybe it is because you have to cry in front of other people or you have to laugh in front of other people. Right. Or you have to give a speech about how your dog died and you were wrecked for life. Right. And you have to, well, you have to problem solve. You have to work together in such like a fundamental way um, or else the show really doesn't work. You right. know, like if you're on, I, I can't speak too much, but <laughs> I imagine if you're on a field or if you're on the court, like, you know, you could do a play that you shine during and it could still work out. The other players might be pissed at you, but like you still got a couple points for your team, right? right. But if someone's trying to like outshine someone on stage, it doesn't really work. Yeah. You know, like, and it, like that tension, like you can feel it in the room and it mm -hmm. doesn't work for the show. Okay. We're on the court. Or in the field, it might, you know? Yeah. Or it won't be as noticeable. Yeah, it won't be as noticeable. And, well, it's also maybe a little bit more black and white. Like, you either threw the ball to the right person, mm -hmm. or you did not throw the ball to the right person. Somebody right. called the play, and then you changed it midstream. Or uh, maybe the errors are just a little bit more obvious. Right. 
Yeah. Right. And, and you don't have that whole level of emotional vulnerability that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe to the same degree. Who really knows? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, with your actors and actresses, would you want to give a shout out to anybody in terms of either most improvement or or just mm-hmm. anything? Any any place you want to take it? Um, I think I was most proud of, uh, in regards to like acting and being constantly on, I saw that as in our leads, I saw that in uh, Lincoln Bradley as Wednesday and Brayden Magistro. He played, uh, oh my gosh, Lucas. But they were always playing and they were always coming up with like new ways uh, to do things. Exactly. And I just, that is so hard to teach. And especially like with high schoolers, they don't like to do that as much. Um, And Nathan Gomez did that as well. Uh, but they were just constantly playing and constantly on. Like they were reacting and not just watching the action sometimes. Um, and that was like, I was so proud of them because I could just kind of watch them in moments that it wasn't necessarily about them in the scene. And they were still either interacting with each other as a couple or watching what was going on, but like intentively and like how would they react uh, so they're just like very thoughtful actors, um, and Nathan saying, is too. Are yeah. you saying they never broke character? Yeah. And are you also kind of saying, hey, you know, I, I play around with different things. Like mm-hmm. maybe Wednesday I deliver this line this way. Right. But then on Thursday I put in a brand new emotion to it. Perhaps, right. You know? Yeah. And so it's lots of experimentation. Lots yeah. Lots of never breaking character. Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, Lakin, our Wednesday, she struggles, uh, like, throughout the process, kind of, you know, breaking character, being a little embarrassed sometimes of just, like, really taking the stage. But then by the end, she was just, like, a force to be reckoned with, I felt. You know, like, she kept excelling. And I don't know if she needed the stage, the lights, whatever. But, like, once she, like, had her costume on, she was Wednesday. And I was just, I loved it. Oh, so it was maybe great. it was the costume that day. Yeah, I think it could be a lot of factors. Or, you know, sometimes uh, high schoolers need that tech week to, like, really get into shape of, like, what they need to do. Yeah, what's going on before that? Are you, are you saying, <laughs> like, people are maybe self-conscious? They're a little bit worried. Do I look like um, an idiot? Uh, uh, or, or maybe they're just having a hard time figuring out who is my character. Like, what, what is going on? And then, then how yeah. does it click? What's the magic zinc burst of, you know, like, I'm right. saying it's like a cloud of, of goodness <laughs> in your body, and it creates, like, all of this goodness, apparently. Yeah. Like, so kaboom. I was reflecting on this a lot, because we got to the point in the in the rehearsal process where we were at kind of at this stasis, I felt, like, for two weeks okay. before our show opened, and I was like, oh. Water. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, my gosh, guys, why are we not getting better? It was just so frustrating, because, like, throughout the, you know rehearsal process each week I felt like we should be getting a little Mm. bit stronger a little bit more comfortable and it felt like we were almost getting like weaker in our show and I was like what is happening right right maybe we peaked before we even went on and I kept screaming about this to like my not scream but you know I just like what is going on am I on yeah I'd love to hear you oh yeah just always seem like you're in a pleasant happy mood no but I get pretty aggressive as a director because I just like I I get frustrated by wasted potential I guess yeah so if I see them not living up to it or being lazy about it I get aggressive um but with my fellow directors I was like what is going on and they're like you know what this is it's you know in with when you're working with high schoolers it's a lot 
like in a classroom where they wait till the last second to turn in their homework. They right. wait till the last second to study for a test. They like, everything's done at the last second. And that's kind of like what I saw in the rehearsal process too, where it's like, guys, I, I almost gave them a note like the first time they did like really well. And I feel like that was like Wednesday, our soft preview, because Tuesday went terrible. Like, oh. I mean, like in my opinion, I, we were, they were taking their cast pictures and they were all very pumped. And I was like, I don't know if I want to put my name on this show. And I know that sounds so terrible, but I was like, uh, and I think it was like exhaustion and all of that, just working so hard. And then they re weren't really bringing their best to the table, I felt. And I was just like, what is going on? Well, what, what are they doing? What I mean, are they holding back? Yeah, it's more of like energy up? and holding back and like slow pace. It's like a lot of different factors where... Are they resting up before the marathon? Um, I don't even think so because okay. I think, uh, your body needs to like memorize what you're working on and you can only do that by keeping up with that pace and like okay. always being on, okay. you know, like you, it's, it's very different from like training in that way. And especially when you're working with like a live orchestra and like, you know, the tech elements, it's like, they have to know the pace that the show is at. Okay. Like, it can't just, like, hit that pace when we open, because then right. they're, like, trying to catch up. It'd be the first time they'd ever done it. Right. Like, I mean, done it the right way. Right, 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 right. So I was kind of freaking out, because I was like, oh, gosh, we have never performed the show without stopping. First of all, it was, like, our Wednesday open preview. Okay. Um, so I was kind of freaking out. But... They did so great that Wednesday. And literally, I was just, like, so proud of them. And, like, they kept it up to pace. We didn't have to stop at all and all this stuff. And so when I got back to giving notes, I was like, I'm almost mad at you because you guys have been saving all of this for, like, this night when, like, where was this this whole, like, last week? And what did they do? Look at you and go, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Or no, they just laughed. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. I was like, no, is this serious? Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, by the end, I was like, I'm so proud of them. And, like, I was so happy to, like, be a part of it all. But I think, yeah, the tensions of Tech Week and exhaustion oh, really man. hit you where you're like, is oh, this man. even good? I don't even know. Okay, so Wednesday was a big relief. Yeah. And then Thursday, after you got past, like, the 20-minute delay due to lighting, was mm -hmm. Thursday also a big relief? No, I think I was pretty upset about the lighting situation. Mm. Um, yeah, I, the kids did well. Uh -huh. And I was proud of them for keep, like, they kept going, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, they didn't let it affect them too much, and they were all kind of, like, in it. Um, so I was proud about that, but as far as the technical issues, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, once you open, there should be kind of a relief to not keep working on stuff like right. that. And yet... I had to be, you know, we had to be there again till like two in the morning trying to work on it. And oh then again gosh. the next day. Oh my gosh. You were yeah. there until two in the morning? Oh yeah. Like multiple nights in a row. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it was just a constant 24 <laughs> seven thing. It was crazy. See, that would be really rough for me. Because yeah. Because I, I feel like I can work hard, but my problem is I need seven hours of sleep a night. Right. If I don't get eight, I become like really emotional. So like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the next day, I was like, I cried a lot. But um, then Friday night, we had some, like, sound issues, um, which was frustrating. But then Saturday, one of our lead actors got sick. Oh, and so, yeah, uh, the dad, he was playing, Lucas's dad, Mal, um, 
which is such a huge bummer because you you know you work so hard and you right. only get three nights and so, but I was just like so the understudy went in right well not even because at that point all of my boys were I mean I only had like six boys in the show okay right and so, so there like are no there are no understudies at this point um, so I actually had to bring in my younger brother Scotty because he what? <laughs> I know because he played the same role last fall okay. And so we were already losing a few tech kids uh, because it was like Thanksgiving break. Some families left early. And so we put them on tech because of that. So then they had to leave. So we actually had Marshall kind of following Mal around um, for the last couple of weeks because we were worried about him getting sick or whatever. Uh, or just anyone getting sick, really. Um, so the assistant stage manager kind of knew the role, but like we needed him in his role because we had lost so many people due yeah. to vacation stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, and I called Scotty and I was like, would you mind? And he was like, great, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, he was living for it. So he shows up. We teach him the whole show within one hour of opening the house. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, do you want a script for it? And he's like, no, I think I'm good. And I was like, okay, are you sure? Like, we were going to allow him to carry a script around. Um, so I just had to teach him all the blocking, all the choreography, all of it. You did that in an hour? Yeah. I mean, he would played the part before. Yeah. So but he. it's a new stage, a new right. setting, a new crew, a new everything. Exactly. And it was like a year ago, and he still knew his lines. The only thing he was like, oh, you're doing the school edition, so there's like two lines that are different that I have to memorize now. But I was like, okay. The fact that you even know that is impressive. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And so, wow, props to Scotty. I know. He saved the show, and he was so happy. And I think it was so special because, you know, last year was his senior year and with COVID and everything, he didn't get like a musical or like really a live play. They did like a really small one, but like he didn't get his kind of chance um, that he got yesterday or on last week on the St. James stage. Yeah. So that was pretty special. Sarah, that's the most mind blowing story. I know. I know. You know know. what that's like though? That's to me, that's like, oh, I was in a burning car crash on I-35, which is bad, uh, but I managed to pull four people and a puppy out of the car, and mm-hmm. nobody was hurt, so it was good. Yeah. It was like the best day of my life. Literally. So did it feel like the best day of your life by the time you were done? It did. I mean, I've, like, things had gone so wrong with the show. Like, I could write a book of just, like, how much we kind of had to go through as a cast, as a production team, just all of it. Um And then that night when he came in and it was just like, they were so good because they had to be so focused to like help Scotty. So all the actors were just like very present and everything Mm. was like, you know, shooting for it. And it was so funny. And the audience was like so receptive. And yeah, I was just like, this is amazing. And it's kind of miraculous. Right. Yeah. I've just never heard a story. I've done plays before, granted my little 1A school and all that. And I did some summer theater. So I've been involved in roughly about 20 plays Mm -hmm. from the age of 16 to 20. I I have just never, ever heard anything like this in my life. Right. I was like, if someone didn't believe in God, like, before tonight, this is, like, the fact it was that role that he played, like, within the year. And, like, what's also so special, it was, like, uh, the 20th, we always think of, so uh, my mom passed away on July 20th, 2020, and so we always think of her on the 20th of each month. And then that day was, like, the 20th, too, and I was just, like, oh, there's just a bunch of different, like... Factors, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was kind of helping me out. I felt. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I was I was thinking moment. it seemed miraculous too. Just right about right. two seconds before you said it, I was thinking, oh, this is miraculous. Yeah. So it's probably miraculous. It literally, yeah. yeah, it feels like it. So I, by the end, I was like very happy. And I think through all the troubleshooting of what the cast had to go through, I think it really like bonded them yes. in a really beautiful way because they really did like each night have to work together because of something like, a little off um and so they were like so happy and they were so like close and it was like that was really cool too do you think that they will be like those theater groups that you were mentioning earlier um that just kind of hang together yeah and I even see that already now I mean they're like yeah they're really sweet and they're all like they obsess over musicals all the time and they're like huge dorks about it and they're like already asking me the next musical for next year and I'm like I don't know are they starting to come to you with suggestions yet oh yeah and okay. I'm like there's shows St. James could never do and I was like guys get a right. grab yeah exactly right, right, right. but okay. I don't know so no, it's what, just what are funny they bringing you like R-rated stuff no it's more of just like and it's more like PG-13 but it's like Heathers or okay. 13 the musical and it's just like a little sketchy baby. yeah exactly gotcha. <laughs> or you know hey this one has 150 people in the cast right I'm sure we could put it on oh yeah or they'll be like last five years and that has like two people in the cast and I'm like yeah no yeah. <laughs> and I will play both parts yeah and know? also sometimes you have to think about the material I was like would a high schooler really understand what it's mm -hmm. like to like go through a marriage and a divorce right. I don't think so right. <laughs> right. right like you got a character who's been married like three times right and, and kids won't speak to him <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing yeah it's you like know? do they get that yeah. do they have that I, have 16. I don't even know if I have that <laughs> You know, okay. I'm like, yeah, so I kind of have to think about that, too. It's just it's fun. Yeah. Now, you said you could write a book. Do you have any other stories on this particular play that, that you're just itching to share? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest one because a lot of it was just like, uh, getting to know, like, the students in the school and just, like, you know, just little funny quirks about it all. But, um, yeah, I think that was probably the, that's probably the biggest story, which okay. I'll probably keep with me because it made Scotty so happy and it made me so happy, too. Okay, well, let's uh, back up and talk about you just a little bit because you come from a theatrical family, essentially, and, and I would just love if you could just describe that a little bit because... Like, when did this start for you personally? Um, so Acting, my, singing, performing? Yeah. Any of, any of the bits. Love. You know? Well, I did... So I saw a show at um, CYT, now First Act, when I was, uh, I guess, seven years old. They did Scrooge. Okay. So then that summer, I did Prince of Egypt camp. And then I did a practice audition. Um I forget even, maybe I did a practice audition for Scrooge. Maybe that was it. Um, and then the director like wrote this handwritten card and was like, he, Jenna Milborn, she's an absolute angel and saint. But she was just like, you did so great. I hope you audition with us in the future. My parents were so touched. So they're like, you're auditioning for the next show. <laughs> and so I was like, great, okay. Because um, I'm like eight at this point And I'm like, whatever, I'll try anything. Um, and so I, my first show was Beauty and the Beast and I played a teacup. And then I just like 
made the best friends in the world. I remember making a choice, a character choice as a teacup that I was the shy one. So I would always hide behind Mrs. Potts. Okay. Um, and my grandma was so upset at me for it. She's like, I can never see you. <laughs> and I was like, grandma, it's a character choice. And I'm like eight, like it's so stupid or nine. I don't even know. Um, so then after that, I did a little, like over 20 musicals with CYT. You got 20 musicals? Oh yeah, at least, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my sweet goodness. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, so I would do, like, three a year with them, Holy like, God. all throughout grade school. No burnout factor. No. Okay. I mean, like, you have so much energy to burn when you're, like, a little kid. Yeah. I was just like, ah. Yeah. Um, and all my family did it, too. So every single – so there's seven kids in my family, and we all have at least done one or two, okay. where some of us did a lot more than okay. others. Did your parents also? Um. So my dad – he did a few shows in high school, and okay. he, like, played piano, and, like, uh, he actually was, like, a wedding singer, if you will, <laughs> with, like, some of his siblings um, in his young 20s, and he'd play the piano, too, for okay. weddings. So there was some, like, musicality there. Um, my mom, not so much. She played, like, volleyball and, like, did more of that type of stuff. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, but my mom was total stage mom, which is hilarious. She absolutely loved okay, the so theater what's world. Okay, stage mom? Those of us from this world. Um, it's more of just someone who just loves being there, loves being around, uh, okay. looks out for her child. Like in, but it's like sometimes are they where they're supposed to be? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they'll be backstage, kind of helping out. Okay, so when like, sometimes it's why like, why doesn't my kid have the lead? Right. Yeah, sometimes kind of it would thing. come into that. Yeah, the elitist needs to be eighteen, and your daughter is nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but she could do a good job. She like look at her; she's talented. <laughs> yeah, they will fight for their child, uh, and it's really it was fun. And she, they would have the, she would always wear these like brag buttons, and she had a million. And even if there was like five of us in one show, she would wear every oh. single like. And they're just like these little. Did they have like a little picture of you? Oh yeah, it was a picture of us, and then like the title of the show and the dates, and it was. Just just, yeah, it was funny. Brag buttons. Brag buttons, yeah. This thing comes with its own vocabulary. <laughs> much so. I know, seriously. Okay, so did you do writing as well? Because I know no. that you've done singing, you've done dancing, you've done acting, and you've done directing. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing set construction. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing, I guess, like producing. Right. Uh, gosh, what else, what else uh, are you doing? Right. Um, so I've actually never done writing. Um that's more of like my sister's very talented writer, and I okay. always kind of let that be more her thing. Um, and my husband's a writer too, uh, but yeah, that's not really as much just of my not a thing. Desire. Yeah, well, I'm just not very good at it, I think. Or like, I just I see like people who are really close to me, and they have okay. such talent in it, okay. and I'm like, you shine, you okay. go. I'm not even gonna, <laughs> you know. What if, what if you try. had a story that you were burning, itching to tell? What would you do? Just grab your sister and say, hey, get on this. Yeah, I would honestly probably work on it with someone. Like, Will and I, oh my gosh, I was desperately job hunting last year. And there was this one job that came up. And one of the requirements was like, hey, will you write a scene, like, uh, sorry, uh, oh my gosh, a film script uh, of this plot line. Within 48 hours. Like, how long is the script have to be? Uh, It was like, I think we ended up with like 50 pages. You wrote 50-page film script in 
48 hours. Yeah, it was insane. Like Will and I did together. And it was like the weirdest, wildest thing. We still joke about it. We made this like creature named Boppy that we're obsessed with. <laughs> but anyways. Um, so, but it was fun like kind of bouncing off ideas okay. because like I know how story structure is supposed to work. Yes. Like you have to know that as like a director. Yes. I just can't like articulate like through the words of like, I feel like how a character should sound is like where my wall is. Um, And he's good at that. And so it's kind of fun bouncing off ideas like that doesn't work because X, Y, and Z. And he'd be like, oh, okay. And then like kind of scurry away. When the two of you write, do you get it all out and have a rough draft and then you have something to work with? Yeah. Or are you the type where you fight like sentence by sentence? Like somebody writes something then somebody else scratches it out. Yeah. How does it work? Uh, well, storyboard kind of first is what we did. Uh, so just like, what, how, where are we going? How does okay. this work? And then we kind of just take it scene by scene and he would kind of write a rough draft and then I would be like, no, 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 no. And so, so I'm more of an editor. Like an editor. Yeah. Okay. So you storyboarded it together. He does a rough draft and then you kind of go through and polish the whole thing. Exactly. And it probably worked really well. Yeah. I mean, within that little, I thought we had a great <laughs> Well, I'm going to assume he enjoyed it, too. Oh, he wanted to kill me. But then later... Whoa, why? A little bit. Just because... because it, <laughs> it was... He's like, this sentence is perfect. This scene <laughs> is perfect. You are getting no. the most beautiful part. Yeah, I think it was mostly because this was, like, for a job interview. Like, through this time... Con- like, if we were doing it more casually, I think we would have more fun okay. with it. But I okay. think it was, like, the time limit and okay. what it was for. He was just like... Sarah, this is insane. And I was like, I don't right. care. Let's write it. Right. Um, yeah. So it Are was fun. Are you going to produce this thing someplace? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more written for film, so I'd have to find... Uh, Let's put it on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. And more like an animated children's film, actually. Yeah. It's an animated children's film? Yeah. Like claymation? Uh, yeah, or, it could be claymation. Or illustrations. Yeah. More like illustrations. Like yeah. Okay. Exactly. I, Sarah, I think this is your big, big... Debut? I don't. I just want to see Boppy come to life. <laughs> Truly, yeah. that's my only goal. Okay. Um, oh, I forgot to continue on about my career path. Yes, please so do. I uh, did a lot of musicals in like grade school and high school and a few plays, but I really fell in love with plays at my undergrad at Benedictine. Um, I saw Comeback Little Sheba, and it was about alcoholism, and I mm-hmm. knew people in my life who struggled with that, and then so it really just like hit me at my core and I was like I didn't know theater could do that and so then I was just hooked and I did a million straight plays there and a few musicals and then um I graduated from Benedictine I was a double major in journalism mass communications and theater arts so a lot of the producing stuff kind of comes from like my mass communication stuff as far as like I love designing programs and posters and like really I kept that mass comm degree (laughs) by the end I was just designing stuff for theater (laughs) so I was like this is probably helpful um and then I went on to be a preschool teacher and hated it I was just not made for it they have to be so strong and it's amazing that people are like into it and good at it and love it I am not one of those people Um, Adam Smith calls that the invisible hand of the market, that somehow the right people often wind up in the right position. Right. And it turns out there usually is somebody to do a job and beyond that people actually like it yeah and it's, it's like crazy wanted... just how the whole system can work yes exactly and I like knew people that they were like yeah I want to do this and I was like oh my gosh I literally have to take a nap every day this is exhausting oh I bet yeah it was crazy um so then I applied for grad school for okay. uh 
for acting because I really just, I was in love with it and okay. I couldn't stop thinking about it. So then I ended up at Savannah College of Art and Design where I got my master's in performing arts, um, where I acted in shows there, but I also directed and um, then I wound up here. Okay, now when did you get married in this whole picture? Uh, it was the year, so I was preschool teacher, got married, we went on our European cruise, and then we moved to Savannah, Georgia. So it was right before grad school, um, which was kind of a lot. I mean, I would not, no, I <laughs> I would not suggest getting married. No, I'm just kidding. But I wouldn't suggest, like, you know, getting married and then moving across the country and starting this whole new, like, grad school program That's where it has... three major life changes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just... It was hard. I think it made our first years of marriage, like, really hard because we had to navigate living on our own and being on our own, but then also across away from our families, but then also very different, like, kind of jobs, if you will. Like, my job was, like, going to school, where his was, like, you know, real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so then it was, like... Um, he would be exhausted and not want to like hang with people. And I'm like, come on, you know, because he's like a teacher and working really hard all week. And like, that's, it's so exhausting. So then now this year being a teacher, I always tease him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I ever made you feel bad for being tired. Cause like, I'm tired. You're just Yeah. (laughs) I'm like that. Didn't you both graduate from Savannah? No, so I I just got my uh, master's from there, but he was he was teaching down there. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. How many plays overall do you think that you've been involved in, or is that just an impossible? What would it? Your eyes just did this funny thing. Would you have to give it like I don't know a range, like between forty and sixty, or between sixty and eighty, or between eighty and one hundred? <laughs> is it more than a hundred? No. Okay. No. It's, I. It's more than fifty though. Yeah, as far as, well, as far as, like, uh, it's hard because I think even with my classes, I would consider some of those, like, I've worked on, like, a script for a really long time. Like, we, I mean, even in, like, our Shakespeare class, we worked on Romeo and Juliet for, like, four or five months while we never, like, put it on in front of people. It still felt like we had, like, an intimate relationship, like, with the script, right? So it's even hard for me to determine because sometimes I'm, like, I treat my – when I study something in theater, like, I perform it kind of, you know, or they're kind of, like, intertwined. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, because you might have put in more work on Romeo and Juliet than on some other play. right. Exactly. So yeah, I would probably say around the 50 range as far as like how many different shows like I've like studied or worked on. That's incredible. Yeah. Do you have a favorite role? And by that I mean actress versus director versus something else. Yeah. So my favorite role as an actor was Alice in the play Closer by Patrick Marber. Um, I just felt it was the most out of my shell, but it's weird where it like pushed me to be out of my shell, but also pushed me to be the most of myself on mm. stage. Okay. And I think those might too be interlocked because it's so hard to be more of yourself on stage than it is like a different character. You know, I think um, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I don't have your experience and I can right. pretend she was saying that, but it's just, it's... It feels like it's easier to try to play somebody else. Yeah. I mean, like, you feel a little more open in that, and it's not as scary, right? So I was, like, very proud of the work I did on that show, and I was proud of our cast, too. 
Um, as far as director, my favorite role in that was I did a play called Gruesome Playground Injuries. And um, what a title! <laughs> I know it's like, oh, it's such a good play. It's by Rajiv Joseph, um, but it's traditionally with two actors in it. Um, but we were having auditions and callbacks, and I fell in love with like two of these guys to play this role. I was like, oh, I just wish we could cast both of them, but there's only you know one guy actor. Um, but this play takes place through like the span of like the younger years to the older years, okay. to, you know, like it spans time. And then I had this genius idea that I'll always be proud of, and it's like one of my top accomplishments in life. Where in the callbacks, I was like, what if? we cast this actor as, like, younger, okay. you know, version, and this actor as older version. Okay, different actresses or yes. actors. Yes, so I we actually... you act say actor for both male and female, right? I do say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and people do that. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so we actually ended up with a cast of four because we cast a younger girl, an older girl or whatever, um, and it was just, it was so fun playing with that, and we got to create so many more, like, uh, stage pictures and an intertwining of, like, moments, um, and it was just, like, such an enriching experience, and I, I'll probably never forget that show as long as I live. Okay. I would like for you to give some advice to various people involved in theater right now. Um, Love it. So, like, let's say somebody is just kind of starting out in acting and they just want to take it as far as they possibly can take it. They're willing to just work their tail off. Hopefully, they can make it to, I don't know, paid theater somehow so mm -hmm. that this can actually be a profession, either yeah. in theater or movies or something. Um, what would be your advice for an actor getting into things. Yeah, I would say um, find out what make, sets you apart, what makes you different from everyone. Okay. Because that's really uh, what I think a lot of people look for is like, do you have a strong sense of self? Mm. Which, okay, that sounds not intuitive to me because I'm thinking, oh, I'm an actor. In one play, I'm going to play the tough guy. Mm -hmm. In the next one, I'm going to play the weakling. In the one after that, I'm going to play the smart guy. Yeah. After that, I'm going to play the dumb guy. So now I'm confused. Right. Well, I think it's more of like you need to know who you are before you can try to play like different um, characters because you're going to use different avenues of yourself okay. when you play like the strong type or okay. the weak type, right? But you have to like have like a strong sense of how your body moves, okay. how your voice works, who you are intrinsically, so you know like how to apply yourself to all these different characters. Okay, now that makes a lot of sense because there have been times when I've been intelligent and then there's other times when I've been a blooming moron. <laughs> so I could play Same. all these different parts, right. I suppose, if I, well, if I have the acting skill. Right. Um, now, so how do you tell uh, as a director, when somebody walks in, how do you tell that this person has a very strong sense of self? Um, do they choose material that makes sense with how they look, how okay. they act, okay. how they sound? You know, do they, um, are they playing at acting or are they actually trying to do something, right? Well, okay, describe the difference, for um, me, please, because I've, I, this kind of gets back to that work ethic thing I was right. chatting about earlier because I've seen any number of 
actors, and it's the same thing in sports, where some people are out there to win, mm -hmm. and other people are out there to play around, goof around, have a good time, be with their friends. Right. And depending upon the circumstance, I guess I'm in favor of both, but, but it just depends on the circumstance. Yeah, so some actors will uh, think they're doing something, but really it's just them trying to look good at acting. Like, they put on, like, this facade of, like, I'm supposed to sound like this because I am an actor and that is how actors sound. Um, but that's not really what acting is, right? And so, and that's kind of just, like, a very oversimplification of that. But, um, but as far as, like, an actor, like a true actor, you're always trying to do something to another character you're always trying to affect them mm. you're all, you always should have like an objective and like playing at that and doing whatever you can to get what you want um so when I see like an actor come in and have a strong sense of that and strong like sense of like wanting something and okay. doing whatever it takes to get that okay. and that comes through their performance then I'm like they have a strong sense of self they know what they want it you know. almost should be called interacting. Yeah, yeah. Instead of acting. Amen. Yes. And and I, from what you're saying, I just want to see if I understand this correctly. Every character has to really want something, mm -hmm. and they have to want it from another person. Yeah. I'm trying to create an effect on another person. Right. It should it, always be thrown at someone else. It, it should never be just about you. Okay. Yeah, so if it's me, me, me all the time, that's not good. Or if I'm like man out in the field yelling at the clouds because I'm upset, right? Uh, that's probably not working either. Right. It's got to be I'm interacting with other people. I want something from them. I'm trying to get an emotion out mm -hmm. of this other person. Or even the yelling at the clouds. It could work because it's like, are you wanting something from God? Are oh, you wanting, you okay. know, because then you could flip it into that. But if yeah. it's just like you wanting to like, look emotional or okay. look that then it doesn't work it, okay yeah it falls flat so so when you first meet somebody before they even act can you tell if they would be a good actor um yeah you can how do you tell i think i mean like not all the time like some people do surprise me obviously uh -huh. but um yeah i think i think a lot of like charismatic people okay. are good actors okay. i think because you know, sometimes they might even just do it in real life, right? Okay. If they're, like, schmoozing with people and they have yeah. a strong sense and yeah. they, like, they can get people's, like, with their charm. Sometimes that charm is, like, that's your spark. That's your, like, star factor, if you okay. will. Like, in grad school, we were always looking at, like, our own star factors. Like, what makes us special? Um, and that's truly... I find that to be like with good actors. Okay, well, let's illustrate this a little bit. Sarah, what makes you special? <laughs> um, See, I feel like you are. Thank I feel like you. Will is. Yeah, no, he definitely is. Um, I think what kind of sets, I kind of thought about this a lot, and, uh, you know, typically based off of like what I was cast as in undergrad, I was typically cast as like the ingenue, um, which is just like, the girl in distress or whatever, you know, like um, that type of situation. But in grad school, I was presented with like more opportunities to be more of a character actor. Um, and that was where I really felt like I shined and felt more comfortable and more in my element. Um, so I think it's more of like I can be a character actor and more kind of comedic. And that is where like, um, 
I am kind of different than a lot of people who are my type. Okay, help me out here because, again, that's a theater term, character actor. Mm -hmm. I feel like I know what that is and I feel like I don't. Right. I feel like, hey, is that like a Robert Duvall type <laughs> actor who can play basically any part? Right. You drop him into anything and, uh, you know, half the movies he's in, you don't even remember that he was in them mm -hmm. because he's playing somebody radically different in yeah. movie after movie after movie. Is that a character? That's basically actor? it. Yeah. So okay. kind of like I were talking about before where it's like I, pl I play something so different than myself mm. um, fairly well. Like we did a show called Men on Boats and we were all playing. Uh, it's like a, it's always supposed to be traditionally like all women. Okay. And it's about the expedition of Colonel Powell or something. <laughs> I don't even remember. And it was only a year, two years ago, three years ago. Your character um, suffered amnesia. Yeah. Well, my character, I do remember my character's name. My, my character's name was O.G. Howland. And um, I had so much fun playing a man on this, like, expedition into the Wild West. That was, like, the whole show, right? Wow. And it was, like, so freeing and so liberating. And I was like, I could do whatever I wanted on stage because we're just camping and just, like, being goofy and whatever and, like, being so different than, like, who we are. And I was like, oh. Because I think a lot of the times when we're acting, since it's us up there, you feel insecure. You double question everything you do. But then until you get into a circumstance like that, then you're like, this is what acting is. This is okay. where I feel powerful and in my element on stage. Um, and so it's not like, oh, I always have to play a man on stage. It's not that. But it's like that it got me out of my own like box of like what I was supposed right. to look like or constantly thinking about my hands or, you know, like all of those little things. See, I think um, like writers get to do this if somebody's writing a novel. Yeah. They've got... Male, male characters, female characters, obviously they have to kind of play them both. They yeah. have to understand all of the above. Right. So I guess as a director, you're yeah. kind of doing the same thing because you put yourself inside of every part. Right. And then here as an actress, you got to play a guy. Yeah, exactly. How did you play him? I'm just curious. Was he, <laughs> was he tough? Was he weak? Was he strong? Was he was he dumb? What was he? Um, He was kind of dumb, but like in a... In a sweet way, like <laughs> he would, you know, he'd always just trying to be like cheering people up, but like by the end, he's just like, "I'm over this." <laughs> you know? He could uh, cheer himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, it was really fun. Um, and I guess my last little thing I'll say in regards to like advice is, uh, especially if you want to be an actor, like you were just saying, I think it's important. Um, I became a better actor when I became a director. Uh, because you have like more of an understanding of like uh, how characters fit inside a story. And I think it's important to understand the whole scope of the story uh, as an actor. Okay. Because then you understand your place in it more and like what is like what what you are in the tale. I guess. I, I'm detecting that that goes back to the interacting theme mm -hmm. that I'm trying to influence the other person. Yes. I'm trying to make them feel something and do something. But then also, too, as an actor or an actress, if I just had the ability to put myself into the whole script, mm -hmm. to understand every page, like, why is every comma in this whole thing? Right. Why is the director having us all do what we're doing? So I, I guess that's kind of what I'm hearing you exactly. say, that you became a better actress once you were a director, because... Mm -hmm suddenly the big picture became very, very clear to you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I think we only have another minute or so, and I could talk to you for hours about <laughs> all of this. Uh, do you have a final thought? Uh, just words of wisdom, words of advice, oh, words of anything? Um, you want to tell me about that character that you and your husband came up with? <laughs> just let Boppy live on. No, I don't know. Uh, as far as any more advice, I don't know. Just like, don't forget why you love it. You know, I think that's easy. We can get burnt out in theater and in film sometimes, but uh, I try to always go back to like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, and I really do feel like it's my mission in life and kind of my calling. Um, so it feels like I have a responsibility for it. Um, and that's just like my own relationship for it. Uh, but find what makes it so special to you and hold on to that for dear life because you will get burnt out, but what keeps you going? That is so beautiful. I. I'm not even going to try to summarize it. <laughs> I'm just going to ask that people go back and listen to that part twice. <laughs> I love it. Thank awesome. You, Sarah. Thank you so much, Tim. This is fun. Awesome.